When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 8 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, this is huge. Our first in-person show in Brutally Honest Sports history. This is uh, groundbreaking type stuff. I uh, couldn't be more excited. I'm shaking. I'm, I'm actually shaking. I'm, I might be having a stroke, but I'm excited nevertheless. Hey, life alert. Call 911. Uh, if the listeners are wondering why our voices sound different and maybe a little less static, you're maybe like we're not sounding like we're talking to a brown paper bag. Um, we're recording in the same room, uh, socially distanced, of course. Um, haven't listened back to the show yet, but uh, since we're in the beginning of the recording, but we did a little bit of a trial run here, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. We think it's going to sound good and it's going to work out. So Zoom, we used, to, we used to do it on Zoom. Don't get me wrong, it's a good platform, but at the end of the day, we're trying to make good content for the listeners, and that's what we're doing by recording in person. Dude, I'm, I'm all about innovation, and uh, we're going to try anything until it, until it sticks. So, Zoom, you might, you might be on the way out. Uh, you know, we'll keep you in the loop. I know you still want to be a part of this, so, so we'll see. Hot seat, Zoom. Hot seat, Zoom. Um, perfect. Let's get into today's show. And now for today's topics. Talking basketball. Uh, we're talking basketball. Um, Aaron does not know that song. He's looking at me like I have six heads right now, but we'll play the clip here so you and the listeners, Aaron, don't think I'm insane. Now that Aaron has heard the clip and recognizes the tune, he thinks I'm not so much as a crazy person anymore, but uh, that is TBD for the rest of the show. Um, the NHL has returned, plan to return. The MLB is figuring things out, probably not. Uh, football is slated to begin on time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a proposed plan for the National Basketball Association. Uh, this came through the wire on Tuesday. It was voted into place Thursday afternoon. And I have to say it mirrors the NHL a little bit. Um, I don't think I'd ever thought I would be saying that the NBA has followed in the NHL's footsteps, but here we are. Yeah, kind of exciting in the same aspect, uh, disappointing that we have to wait about till uh, the end of July, it looks like, at this point. Yeah, uh, so it's a 22-team format um, that would begin on July 31st, as Aaron, as Aaron said. Side note, I think this is the first time we have a date attached to a return-to-play plan of any of the major sports leagues, so I think that's 
positive. Sure, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, just obviously I wish this date was a little sooner, but uh, nevertheless it, it's going to be interesting and uh, kind of jumping right into a, a playoff scenario. Aaron only wishes it was sooner because he wishes we'd have more to talk about on the podcast. I can't say I blame him. You know, what's, what's odd to me about this format is we have 13 Western Conference teams will be quote-unquote invited, um, while only nine Eastern Conference teams are getting the invite. So I think it further points to the Western dominance over the East. But if we take a look at the standings here, every team in the West besides the Timberwolves and Golden State Warriors, shocker there, have above a 375 winning percentage. Um, so that puts them as better than the majority of the East, which is insane to me. You and me both. I think, obviously, the West has kind of dominated the NBA for, for the last couple of years. You know, at last, I'd say, four or five easy years. So it just continues to show the dominance. And now you got LeBron in the West, which uh, is obviously uh, leading to great success with the, with the Lakers in the first, first place spot. First place slot, excuse me. You're excused. Uh, the plan allegedly includes finishing the regular season with eight games per team side and playing games for the later seeds in both conferences and then eventually playoff games to follow. Obviously, uh, the six teams who are currently outside the top 16 are all at least within six games of the eight seed in their respective conferences, so that's why they get invited. Not out of the realm of possibility that, that these teams who are you know, outside the top 16 would have qualified anyway since they had I don't know, probably 10 to 15 games left in the regular season at the time of the pause. But it's interesting to me, Aaron, that we're getting a finish uh, to the regular season. Uh, do you think this is a ploy for the league to give LeBron his fifth MVP title? Maybe a little bit. Uh, I think they're just trying to figure everything out. And uh, I think definitely inviting more teams is, is a good thing. And I think that's only going to make basketball a little bit more exciting as we as we finally get back to, to some type of competition. Uh, it'll be interesting that they're playing at a neutral site from what it sounds like. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, the resumption of play will take place in Orlando, uh, Orlando, Florida. I'd have to think that families are going to be able to tag along. And honestly, if you're a, a son or a daughter of an NBA player and you get to watch your dad in the NBA playoffs, potentially the NBA finals, but also be in Disney at the same time, what could be better than that? Yeah, you're 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 right about that. It'll be interesting. Uh, as far as everybody playing at a neutral site, I I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for for fans of uh fans of all the teams that aren't from Orlando, obviously. But uh, obviously, getting back to the to live sports is what we're all looking forward to, and and that's soon going to be the case. So I'm excited to see playoffs uh, of any sport. I'll even uh, flip on your NHL this year, I think, because uh you know it's it's going to be needed after such a long pause and, and such a long delay because of uh, COVID. Did you see what Max Calvin said about the NHL? I've I've not. I should. I should have. We'll play the we'll play the clip here. But uh, basically, just sewers the NHL and says that uh, we don't have any fans outside of the people that actually attend the games, and it's not one of the four major sports. So listen, I don't I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but. In, in the United States of America, no one really cares about hockey. You know, the old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans. They all have season tickets. So the arenas are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. So it's not one of the four major team sports. Max Kellerman, uh, you're officially an enemy of the show. You're an enemy of myself. Um, I watch out probably super rise up. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Stephen A is, is trying to take him out as soon as possible, you know, by any means. If, if that means a body bag, that, that's what's going to have to happen. Uh, ever since 
Uh, Max Kellerman has made the uh, cliff argument about Tom Brady, and that was before he won his last Super Bowl. I, I kind of discredited everything he said. So that, in addition to, to calling Carson Wentz a bust, uh, you know, he, you can chalk another one up for Max Kellerman to just to be in an absolute scrub. Well, he was right about one of those two things. I won't say which one he was right about. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely correct about uh, the Brady take since he's falling off a cliff. Uh, no, in, you know, in all seriousness, though, I think the NBA is lucky that J.R. Smith is not in the league since Orlando doesn't really lend itself well to the nightlife scene. Well, that's a different conversation for a different podcast. Uh, Aaron, which team do you think will benefit the most uh, from this layoff or pause in the NBA season? Uh, that, that's a that's a hard question. Uh, I'm going to say I, I'm scared that the Lakers might benefit greatly. Um, you know, I think this might rejuvenate uh, LeBron a little bit more uh, as he's used to playing, you know, long minutes, long seasons, year after year after year after year, uh, being in the finals, what, nine straight or something, eight or nine eight straight. straight, eight straight, hopefully not nine should straight, be, but uh, nine. <laughs> but uh, that, that might benefit them a lot. Uh, I kind of look for the 76ers to, to get some type of better flow going on. Uh, I think their roster is talented enough to go the, really the whole way, obviously getting absolutely robbed last year by the, by the Raptors on a lucky shot. Uh, in game seven, but, uh, you know, shout out to Drake for that one, but uh, oh yeah, doing it for the six. But regardless of that, uh, I think maybe the 76ers, just because they've kind of underachieved in, in some aspects this season, uh, one of the best home records in the NBA, but their their away record is absolutely atrocious. So maybe they get on track and make a run to, to the whole way to the, at least the, uh, the finals and see what happens there. But those two teams stand out to me the most. I don't really think the Clippers needed – uh, a layoff they they were kind of sticking right there in the, in the second spot so excuse me but th those spots really stand out to me the most of all the teams how about you Dan uh it's got to be LeBron I think um Bucks and and I think the Bucks too I you know I think they're gonna get Chris Middleton back which is huge for their three-point scoring uh not a basketball guy but that's a basketball quote there for you um <laughs> Sleeper team, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I don't think Durant's coming back no matter what, but I feel like he probably could come back. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie, I think he's healthy now. Again, same thing with Durant. Could he come back? Probably. Does he? Probably not. Um, I just think a team consisting of Kyrie and Durant, if they're both healthy, if they're both willing to play, would automatically be title contenders. I kind of wish uh, the Warriors made it because – Steph and Clay are both eligible to come back. They're both healthy now. Um, I think Draymond is too. So, I mean, they only won 15 games and there's no chance. I think they're already eliminated from the playoffs even before this whole thing started, or this whole thing paused, I should say. So, I think, you know, I think LeBron, anytime you give LeBron extra extra rest, I think it's a scary thing for the rest of the league. Um, you know, Kuzma's been working out. He's been, you know, posting a lot of Instagrams and, and uh, you know, tagging LeBron because he wants to, you know, be a good teammate. He's saying when he gets traded to the Pelicans, so. I think AD is going to be going to be improved as well. You know, I, I just think the the Lakers and the, the Clippers probably have to be favored to the, at this point. And you know, Bucks obviously coming out of the East, that's a no brainer. So for me, it's it's got to be LeBron. But I'd have to think the teams who are a little bit older right now um, have got to be on the hot seat or or got to be feeling a little worried. You know, time away if you're older. I'm not. You know, I, I say older, but I mean like 32, 33. I think. The Rockets are, are the oldest, uh, you know, team in the league on paper. I, I mean, I could absolutely see James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook start off extremely slow. Um, do you, I mean, they're not usually fast starters. I don't know what you think about like that. But. Def, definitely on the, on the Westbrook take, I think James Harden's kind of solidified himself as, as one of the best, if not the best, just individual scorers uh, just of the basketball. But uh, Russell Westbrook definitely uh, – 
Def, I, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of that move altogether. I, I don't think Russell Westbrook has the winning formula. I think he's a hell of a player individually. I think he's a stat sheet machine. Uh, you know, I think if I had a, a fantasy basketball team, he'd be one of my first picks. Uh, he's kind of like a triple-double type of guy. But, uh, yeah, you know, getting that flow back together, I, I, once again, I'm just going to say that Harden and and, Wes, and Russell together, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of. Uh, obviously, they came up short when they were all three in, in OKC as, as far as KD, Russell, and uh, um, James Harden. So, uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand the Rockets' front office to an extent. I think you have a hell of a player in Harden. I think you just got to surround him with different pieces, not not so much uh, Russell Westbrook on that that aspect no the trailblazers are making it um they're going to be in this 22 team format damian lillard infamously said a couple weeks ago he would not play for games are not meaningful newsflash damian they are going to be pretty meaningful he got eviscerated obviously in the media for saying that and do you think he ultimately bounces back and, and has a mentality shift and, and the trailblazers do some damage or no i really hope so. i mean i think his meant mentality is going to be is going to be there uh I don't know if the trailblazers go extremely far uh I, I would love to see it he's one of my favorite players probably top three favorite player in the league I I thought that was very interesting how he made those those negative comments I've never really heard him go to off uh, on a tangent like that before he's he said uh publicly he wants to stay in uh in Portland for his whole career which I respect greatly but you know, I don't know. They usually just find a way to come up short, unfortunately. It's always tough. They're in the West, and it's just ex- extremely tough. It's almost like being in the AL East, and, and you're the Toronto Blue Jays. It's like, how do you how do you get in? How do you find a way through the Red Sox or the Yankees in a comparison? But, yeah, I, I don't really see them going far. They might win a playoff series and then get bounced out in the next round. But that's about their ceiling. Unfortunately, I'd love to see him get uh, a ring or at least a finals appearance. I think he's one of the best players in the league. but. Uh, just it's just real tough in the in the West. So they they released the schedule. Game seven could allegedly occur as late as October twelfth. So I think there's a, there's a ton of flexibility, and they're really not worried about pushing in, into next season. I think they're going to move training camp back, obviously, and probably start somewhere around December first, all up until Christmas. I think you know we talked about it with the NHL and, and with you know the NFL, and basically all the sports that got pushed back to the fall to the winter. It just sets up for obviously a shitty time right now when we have nothing to watch, but. It sets up for an amazing fall, amazing winter, and then obviously a, a good early 2021 uh, when, when those sports shoes are right back in the middle. So, folks, we don't want to present a plan, a return to play plan every single episode for you, but uh, unfortunately that's the name of the game and where we're at right now. So, you know, moving on to another league that's looking to come back soon in what seems to be a weekly segment here on the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. We have to bring to you yet another Major League Baseball update. Uh, the MLB has allegedly rejected the players' offer for a 114-game regular season that also included no additional salary cuts. And uh, they basically made it clear to the players' union that they would not provide a counteroffer to the players' counteroffer. But there's a lot of counteroffers going on here. It seems to be a, a counteroffer off, if you will. And uh, it's like football when the, when the coach gives a game ball to the player, the player gives it back to him. It's a game ball off. We just have a lot of counteroffers flying around the MLB here. But anyway, um, the league does not plan to put forth another deal. As I said, I think they're waiting until the players cave in, to be honest. Uh, the players want more baseball. Uh, the league wants less baseball. So it's only mattered until um, one of the sides, I think, ultimately caves in. And the owners said, too, that you know they claimed they would lose 
$640,000 for each game played without fans. Personally, I would love to see the breakdown on that. And I think that's insane, but and I don't think there's true value in that, but I think it's still insane to think about it. Um, if that's true, do you think the owners have a point that, you know, they don't want to spend as much money, obviously, to recruit some of their losses if they're losing if they're playing games without fans? I do, I do. And, uh, you know, no help from the research de- de- uh, department on that one. That was, that was all Dan going out, out of his way, so – once again, they, they're kind of failing us lately, but that's besides the point. Anyways, yeah, no, I, I, I think they have a point. Uh, it's it's just hard to say, you know, what, what the right situation is. Like, you play more games without fans. I, I don't know what these TV contracts look like, obviously, in a, in a game shortened season, uh, obviously, with the COVID situation. So, I don't know if it would be worth it uh, from, from an owner's perspective. I guess not, obviously, if they're trying to reduce the amount of games. To me, I thought it would, they'd still recoup a lot of the money. If you play more games, I would think you'd make, you know, you'd still be making a good bit of money right. uh, just due to the volume of games. Uh, MLB obviously having the most games of any uh, sports league uh, in this country. So I guess, uh, I guess like you said, they, they are kind of waiting for the players to, you know, come to terms with a shortened season, and, and the players don't really want that at this point. Uh, obviously, they, they need to, like I said last week, they, they need to really get on board here and come to some type of agreement. Kind of worried that it's going to be like an 82-game 80, season. That sounds like, you know, maybe that. Or I've even heard a, a proposed, like, 55-game season yeah. uh, or something like mid, you know, 50-some games, uh, which I think that – I don't know how good that would be. Um, you know, obviously, they haven't played any games, so they need to, to get some type of regular season and standings off to – to a jump start here. So I don't, I don't know. I, I guess obviously they're, they're trying to play it without fans uh, from, from what the, the, the contract negotiations are, are coming through with, but uh, it's just really strange. And, and it just seems like baseball can't figure it out, whether it be the players or the owner, the owners uh, not, not seeing eye to eye on any of these uh, contract negotiations, unfortunately. So. I agree. I think anything less than an 82-game season has to come with some sort of asterisk. You know, I just think it's there's not enough volume of games to really crown a champion per se. And we saw that last year with the Nationals. They came on pretty strong late. And I think if we took stock of where the Nationals were at the All-Star break, there's no chance anybody would have had them winning the World Series over the Astros, Dodgers, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, whatever. Uh, I just think teams start off so quick. Like I think the Mariners started off 13 and two or 13 and one last year. And um, obviously at, you know, at 50 games at a 50 game pace, they probably would have made it. But you know, if you play a full 162, uh, you know, the standings could look completely different. So do you think there, there'd be an asterisk there, you know, sort of more than, you know, like an NHL or an NBA where they're, they're having more teams in, in, I guess, sort of a playoff format, but I guess they did make it fair by having the majority of the regular season games already played. Yeah, I think to me, I think anybody that wins a championship this year should it should at least be. I, I don't want to say an asterisk. That I think an asterisk is pretty harsh. Uh, obviously, like player in baseball, if they have a home run record and they've tested positive for steroids, you put an asterisk next to them. I think that's justified. Uh, with this, I mean, it was an uncontrollable situation. So uh, I think you kind of just. I don't even want to say on the trophy that wouldn't seem right either. But somehow, some way, I think you know it'll just be remembered that it's a shortened season and, and obviously the playoff uh, situation is totally changed and the landscape is totally different and, and the, the locations are even different so uh, with all that being said yeah I think uh, you're, you're spot on I think they need an 82 game season uh, you know they need to at least come to terms on that and and uh, you know maybe an asterisk but uh, 
just it has to be known that it was a shortened season and and obviously that the playoff landscapes totally changed this this year as well. So if a financial deal actually gets done here in the near future, I haven't seen anything in, in terms of a return to play plan in terms of safety measures. So where do you think they're they're playing these games and, and where do you think they're going to have spring training? I think we, we've seen Hub City's thrown around for the NHL and NBA, obviously with Vegas for the NHL, Edmonton maybe, or uh, we just talked about Orlando for the NBA. I've heard nothing about location at all uh, for baseball. It seems like they're sort of – putting the wrong foot forward here and and maybe they should probably figure out some different measures on where and when and how they're going to play instead of you know the money surrounding these deals right no I think uh, I think Florida might just turn into the mecca of entertainment uh obviously a lot of the the eastern uh the eastern teams uh as far as the MLB is concerned they play their spring training there already so it's not like out of bounds to, to ask these teams to come down to Florida and, and play most of their games there or if not all their games in that type of scenario, uh, obviously, the teams from the West would have to migrate the, over to the East. But I think I think it's going. Florida seems to be I think wide open still as far as uh, you know they don't really have any restrictions on on the whole COVID situation anymore as they opened up the beaches and things. Shot at Florida. Hey, it's the place to be, I guess. But but that being said, it I that's my guess right now. I mean, they could might do like something like in Arizona where obviously the the Eastern teams would have to go out to there I know they have spring training sites out there and and they have facilities out there but um yeah it's, it, to me it's either Florida or Arizona only because they already have kind of somewhat of a capacity for this uh you know if they were all to go to like Michigan for example I don't think they could all they could swallow all that all that from a all the team's perspective and 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 everything else like that so I think maybe Florida maybe Arizona on that that's a fair point um do, do you I, I guess I you know, we'd seen where maybe the AL East would combine with the NL East and, and they'd sort of play in, in that sort of bracket. Do you think they're going to sort of match up divisions that way or just maybe they, they sort of, you know, continue with a similar schedule just obviously at a reduced rate? Or do you think they're ultimately going to switch up the, the conferences and or I guess not conferences, leagues and, and divisions there um, as well? I, I kind of hope to see the, the teams remain like somewhat of a consistent schedule on, on what they were what was formed at the beginning of the year. I don't, I think if the AL East plays the NL East constantly, obviously they're going to know each other so well that it's, it's going to become like, okay, let's say the Yankees play the Phillies, you know, they're no, they know who they're going to face constantly. They know what's coming. Um, you know, a lot of these games might be like 10 to two or 14 to, to one, something like yeah, that. Over Phillies, right? Yeah. Most more likely. I mean, that, that lineup is absolutely terrifying. I'll give you that any day of the week. <laughs> and twice on you. Yeah, but uh, that type of – I'd rather see the teams play, the, you know, the, a normal – you know, obviously a modified schedule, but right. uh, somewhat of a, a normal schedule, not not this, like, AL East versus NL East, like 40 games out of the 80 games. I would just be a little bit, like, you know, too repetitive for me. But uh, that that's my take. I don't know. They're, I think they're going to do whatever makes more sense at the end of the day from a – finance standpoint and from uh, just like you know to make this as easy as a transition as it can be under these circumstances but you know my, my take is that they, they'll probably play a lot of uh, you know that similar teams will play similar teams constantly whether that be AL East NL East or AL West NL West that type of thing um, but that's my take that that's what feels like what's going to happen but I could be totally wrong and I and I hope I am I hope they play regular schedule 
All right, that's enough baseball talk. Um, we're going to have to get to something a little bit more serious. Um, probably should have, should have mentioned it on, on Tuesday's show, but uh, we have a clip here from Drew Brees uh, about this whole uh, situation that's, that's going on in the, in the country relating to the death of George Floyd, uh, amongst some others as well, uh, as a result of uh, police or some form of brutality. Um, so we'll get to, to Drew Brees' clip here, and then Aaron and I will give our thoughts a little bit um, and probably get to a topic that we should have gotten to um, earlier in the week on, on Tuesday's show. Well, I, I will I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better. And that we are all part of the solution. All right. So obviously this is definitely a heavier topic and not one that we're really used to on the podcast. We figured it, it sort of had to be mentioned and, and playing Drew Brees' clip for me. Uh, I just think this guy, say what you want about Drew Brees on the field. I think he's a great player. I just think he's kind of lost when it comes to his off-the-field thoughts, and I think this was definitely uh, a case for that as well. I think he missed the mark when, when he's talking about the flag and, and the protests, and, and this stems back to Colin Kaepernick when um, he would obviously protest the national anthem and, and the flag during NFL games, and Aaron and I just – basically wanted to, to touch on the Kaepernick situation, Drew Brees a little bit. Uh, I guess for me personally, I'll go and then I'll let you go, Aaron. I, I just think, you know, Drew Brees, um, you know, obviously plays with a lot of a lot of black players. And I, like I said, I think he, he missed the mark, you know, when he was talking about the flag, talking about his grandfather who was in the Marine Corps, his grandfather who was in the Army. When it comes to, to the flag, it's, it's so much more than, than just talking about military service. And he himself cannot claim to – be put in shoes of his fellow black players or black people in, in New Orleans or, or black people, frankly, throughout the United States. And I think it's just very elitist of, of him to have those comments. And, you know, it, it brings you back to, to ultimately why Kaepernick, you know, wanted to protest. And it was basically because of this mentality that, you know, we, we have a problem in this country and, and a lot of people aren't realizing it. A lot of people are having the wrong conversations. And, you know, I'm a proponent of everybody having their own opinion, but this Drew Brees sort of statement um, further, you know, exhibits why there needs to be a s systemic mindset shift in, in this country. And um, ultimately Kaepernick is what he was trying to do. And I think, you know, got blackballed for it, but we'll go into the Kaepernick debate further here and I'll let you say your thoughts as well, Aaron. Uh, yeah. So, what Drew Brees basically alluded to is, you know, when the national anthem plays, you know, 
uh, before an NFL game. He puts his hand over his heart, and, and he'll stands for it out of respect for obviously both his grandparents, like you, grandfathers, like you alluded to. You know, and I, I'm very, I'm very mixed on the topic in the fact that I've always been a proponent of obviously the the flag has to signify, uh, you know, freedom in this country and, and freedom of speech and and things of that nature. Obviously, greatly important and and what this country is founded on. Uh, I've always counter, kind of felt it, uh, you know, maybe it's just, uh, the way I think, but uh, maybe not the time and place to be, you know, protesting at that particular juncture. Uh, I definitely think protesting should go on. And, and I think the George uh, Floyd example is obviously, uh, you know, spotlights the, the inequality in this country. And I think obviously, you know, this continues to happen to, to African-Americans. And unfortunately, I, I don't know why it continues to happen. Um, it's just obviously needs to be corrected in, in some aspect. Now, the, the officer is in custody and things, but that's never going to bring a, lo- a life back. And, and first, let me let me make that clear. I've always had that a similar mindset in the fact that I will always, uh, I won't protest the, the flag or the national anthem per se, but uh, th- this issue obviously needs to, to be taken care of. And I don't know exactly how you take care of it on, on a large scale, you know, these states it's a huge country but uh obviously just a, a horrible tragedy and, and once again we're reminded of, of why people have protested and will continue to protest so that's that's kind of where i stand on it yeah a hundred percent i i think you know a, a life was lost a murder was committed george floyd will never be able to, to see his family his daughter will never be able to hug her father because of a racist um and i think this ultimately leads back to what Kaepernick was trying to open up people's minds too, but um, I, I think you know this feels a little bit different than when when Kaepernick was ultimately doing his protest of the anthem of, of the flag. I think it's opened a lot more eyes to it, and, and Drew Brees is definitely entitled to his own opinion. I just think it was a very ignorant statement, and Colin Kaepernick was was basically blackballed for his his acts. And I mean, do do you think that? Um, Colin Kaepernick deserves to be on an NFL roster today, or do you think that he ultimately, you know, shot himself in the foot in, in the fact that no team was willing to, to take on all the distractions that that came with um, Colin Kaepernick being on your team? I think uh, I think in the right situation on on a team that needed a quarterback, obviously his, his talent was was there. I think you know at, at the age that he's at now, it's it's tough to say will he be better than. Than some quarterbacks, but but there's I mean there's situations in the league like uh, you know like a Mitch Trubisky. I think Colin Kaepernick most likely has more like in you know more left <clears throat> excuse me in the tank than than Mitch Trubisky uh, that type of thing. I think he should have maybe got a fair shake as far as you know sign him, see how he does. Obviously, you know take in the media coverage that, that's going to come with that. But uh, I think ultimately somebody might have might have you know benefited from taking him onto the roster and it just didn't seem to happen and and at this point I don't think it ever will again so in that aspect I think you know he should at least got one more chance uh in that in that case but uh that's just where it stands currently yeah he he sacrificed a career for for the greater good um he's obviously done a lot of good and donated a lot of his money I think the last year that he was on an NFL roster the last year he was on the 49ers he donated his full salary um, to to nonprofits and, and charity and, and sort of um, aiding you know minorities in, in, in you know lesser communities and and ultimately you know fighting against you know police brutality and, and things of that nature and 
it's unfortunate that his career, you know, wasn't, you know, he, he made a Super Bowl in, in 2012. And I think his career definitely wasn't done, whether he was going to be a backup or a starter. I think you can definitely argue one way or the other, but you know, you'd probably name about 40 to 45 to 50 quarterbacks who were signed during the prime of his career, if you will, that probably shouldn't have over, over Colin Kaepernick. And I ultimately think it, teams were basically, basically looking at him as a media distraction. And it's honestly a shame that he got punished. Obviously, it was received with a lot of pushback, but he never folded. He never gave in. He stuck to what he believed in. And um, a lot of the beliefs or a lot of the, the sort of, you know, his beliefs stand on which it was founded upon that, you know, try to do the greater good. Everyone was created equal. And I think Colin Kaepernick was fighting for that and unfortunately, um, you know, suffered a, a shorter NFL career than he probably should have because of it. Yeah, there, there's no really arguing that, uh, you know, he – He'd still be in the league at more likely than not. And, you know, obviously if his performance didn't, you know, fall to the wayside, but I, I think he still would probably be in the league, you know, if none of that went on because, uh, you know, just from a distraction standpoint, like you touched on, the, the owners don't want to take on that. And that's just unfortunately the, the case for him. So, um, yeah, like you like you touched on, just, just the media distract, you know, like you had said as well, I think with, with a lot of these, I mean, I, you can go down the list of, of quarterbacks that, don't have as much talent as him and, and, you know, don't have really anything to show for their career up to this point uh, since then. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so definitely a heavy topic indeed, but one that we just felt needed to be addressed. And, you know, we apologize for not addressing it on Monday or, or for Tuesday's show. You know, it's we honestly just felt that it was a topic that needed to be addressed. And, and you know, we apologize if it's a little too late, but I, I think it is what it is. And it's good to touch on the Kaepernick situation. It's, it's good to have these open communications and a lot of people will stay silent because they don't want to say the wrong things and I can definitely relate to that mentality a little bit um, but I think this is a start of sort of myself and, and Aaron maybe having uncomfortable conversations and obviously you know our goal is to not have an uncomfortable conversation every single podcast uh, but if we can bring some tougher issues to light we're definitely going to look to do that whenever possible or whenever we see fit so uh, again you know apologize if you're listening to this and you don't really agree with some of the viewpoints that we have but uh, I guess i you know, I don't apologize for that because uh, it's it's a viewpoint that probably everybody should have as well. And um, I'm not, we're not trying to push some some political stuff on you or anything like that. We're just trying to you know push out some you know beliefs that we think are. We honestly just wanted to make some make some of our beliefs known that we think um, are honestly what is right. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that's all we can hope for and, and hope this leads to some more open conversations between you and you know, your friends or your family, your coworkers, whomever you end up running into. We hope that um, you won't be silenced and, you know, you uh, will stand up and, and do what's right. So, you know, again, sorry for the heavy end, end to the show, but I uh, figured it was, it was good, a good point to end here and um, we'll have we'll Aaron take us home. Yeah. As always, you know, thanks everybody for listening. We're getting a little bit closer on uh, different top, different uh, leagues coming back to play. It's going to be another month or so at least. Things are starting to, to turn the right direction. And uh, as this was our first podcast together in the same room, I think all went well. Uh, obviously, the, the hard topics are something that honestly I don't enjoy so much. But uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we feel like it's necessary to, to touch on. And, uh, you know, it, it's obviously a social issue regardless of where you where you stand. On, on these things, um, you know, and hopefully the years go by and, the, and this tends to, to slow down or, or go away as far as a brutality issue. And then, you know, just uh, we, we can get past this and we can get past COVID as well. And I think this country can take us home.